Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Friday, January the 12th. Coming up, we've got fears for the future of a town centre, plus why one woman's forked out thousands to help owners of XL Bully Dogs and in sport, the Jills travel north as they return to League 2 action this weekend. But first today, a mum and her ex-boyfriend found guilty of murdering her toddler son near Faversham have been sentenced to life in prison. 27-year-old Sean Hedges from Yale Elverton in Devon and 35-year-old Jack Benham from High Street Road in Herne Hill killed 18-month-old Alfie Phillips at a caravan in November 2020. In a first, at any court in Kent, their sentencing was broadcast live. He melted the hearts of everyone he met. The victim impact statements of his father, Sam Phillips, and his grandfather, Mark Demain, vividly illustrate how much he was loved and how much grief and devastation his murder has calls to those who loved him. That's Judge Mr Justice Kavanagh. Hedges has been told she'll serve 19 years behind bars. Benham has been locked up for 23. While well, Alfie's dad Sam and his partner Sarah reacted to the sentencing outside Maidstone Crown Court. After a lengthy trial, we finally got what we deserved for that little boy. The outcome could have been a little bit better. 23 years and a 19... 19 years. We've got the justice in our hearts. Right, finally, after three years. And we're all pleased. Yeah, yeah, justice is served, finally. Justice has been done. They thought they were going to get away with it, I think. But, uh, like I say, nothing's going to bring Alfie back. But we can sleep now knowing that they're not coming out of prison now for a very, very, very long time. We can move on. Thank you. Detective Chief Inspector Kathleen Way led the investigation for Kent Police. Really pleased with sentencing today. You know, the judge has given a very considered thought to the sentencing over and above, you know, what he could give. He's looked at the aggravating and the mitigating factors and given a very thought out sentence today. My thoughts were with the family. I felt um, relief for them justice for them that the that Alfie has you know we've got through this trial together as you know as an investigation team and the family and they've got justice for Alfie and it's now concluded and they hopefully can take some some rest from what's happened and, and move on with their lives. Some of the difficulties I think were around the pathology, around evidencing the injuries. There were so many injuries that Alfie had suffered and, and the number of experts that needed to be used in this investigation were were you know numerous really um, and that took a huge amount of time to really understand what happened to Alfie and to be able to evidence it ready for ready for trial. I think that Alfie was fine when he went into that caravan. I think the evidence tells us that there was a joint uh, attempt to assault him who did what exactly to Alfie, we will never know. That Only Jack Benham and Sean Hedges will know exactly what they did to Alfie, but both played a significant part in the injuries which led to his death. I'm incredibly proud of my team and what we've been able to achieve over these three years, and everyone has worked incredibly hard on it. Um, it has been a really difficult investigation. It's, it's been harrowing for the family, but uh, all of us, you know, I can't think of anyone who, ha- who isn't a parent, uh, who hasn't got their own children, that you know, doesn't have feelings around um, how someone could do this to a child. So it's been a difficult investigation, but we're, you know, we were meticulous, we were dedicated, and we managed to bring justice today. And we've had this statement from Gail Sales from the NSPCC. The pain and suffering endured by Alfie Phillips in his short life, inflicted by those whose responsibility it was to care for him, was shocking and heartbreaking. 
Young children are totally dependent on the adults around them and therefore particularly vulnerable to abuse. That's why it's so vital that all is done to ensure the youngest members of our society are well cared for, that they're protected and given the chance to thrive. It's crucial that anyone worried about a child's safety speaks out about their concerns. People can contact the local authority, the police or the NSPCC helpline on 0808 800 5000 or you can email at help at nspcc.org.uk. You can also read our coverage of this story today by heading to the website. Kent Online News. This is one of our most read stories on Kent Online today. There are fears for the future of Maidstone Town Centre after big-name retailers moved out. Following the loss of Zara and M&S, House of Fraser has announced it'll be closed for around six months for a major refit. Now, because of changing shopping habits since COVID, some are concerned the town centre could fall into decline. While reporter Cara Simmons has been speaking to Tim Hans. He's a partner at HRH Retail and was involved in designing the Fremlin Walk shopping area. There's a load of void shops right the way through. You know, Week Street is, is now become a, you know, a Wendy's hamburgers and food food shops seems to be. You've got the two Marks and Spencers that are massive stores that are both vacant. Um it looks very down at heel. I mean, I, I, I'm actually dealing with a, with a, with a, the old coat restaurant in Maystone at the moment, um, and we are struggling getting demand because people have lost confidence in the town. It's not the location, it's not the terms. It's literally they've lost confidence in the town at the moment, and I think that's the big thing. And you go down there today, you know, the discounters have moved in um, where there weren't discounters. We've lost the fashion core. And it looks very tired. I wanted to sort of bring up uh, COVID and cost of living because I think, do you believe our sort of spending habits have changed and that has sort of done a knock-on effect to Fremlin Walk? Or uh, oh, it most definitely has. I mean, I think I think if you look back, I think I'm, I'm going to again. I'll get, I'll get my dates wrong, but I think just before COVID happened, the, the Christmas before, we had two weeks of snow before Christmas, and Amazon weren't that good in terms of their delivery model, everybody vowed at that stage, we're not going to go down the click and collect route. We're going to go down, let's go out to our local high street. The high street in 2019, I'm sure it was Christmas 2019, did really well. Um, and then, of course, COVID hit and Amazon through that, made. And you can't knock it, their delivery model is unbelievable. It's as slick as anything. And as a result of which, the, the gains that the high street brought back through that period were lost through COVID because that was the only way you could shop. So, and dare I say, it's become habit forming that because people are used to now shopping that way, because they had to do it that way, it's now an easy thing. And I don't think we'll ever see high street shopping coming back to the extent that it it was. Um, you know, there will be a natural reduction, I think, in town centres in terms of the fact that the tertiary shops will become secondary and tertiary shops will be knocked down and there'll be whatever doctor surgeries or residential whatever um but it's just galling that maidstone seems to have been that everything's gone from being prime to tertiary overnight cost of living is a huge thing and i, I don't think we've seen half of it yet because i think people believe that literally utility bills are going to go down and that's not proving to be the case even where there's been fluctuations in price it hasn't been retailers are hurting their occupational costs are huge as a result of what they're having to pay in utility costs so you know their competitive model if you like is 
being diminished by the fact that they they've got massive on costs. Um, that said, as well, that the amount of customers that are shopping at the moment, you know, the footfall is down in every town centre. Chris Van Hoften runs Earl Street Fruit Store nearby. He spoke to Sophia Aiken from our colleagues at KMTV. Yeah, obviously a lot of shops are going, but it's nice to see a few new ones coming. Hopefully, the high street can survive. But it is getting harder and harder for all the shops and the expenses are obviously bigger. You've got minimum wage now, which makes it more expensive for staffing everyone if you're a small independent kind of thing. So there's a lot of variables to how the high street's working, but it's you get a lot of people in Maidstone now, but not a lot of shoppers as such. You know, even at Christmas you could see lots and lots of people having a look, not that many bags right up. I think a lot of them are using the shops as window shopping to then go home and order online. Um, people coming out for a day out a lot of the time. Don't get me wrong, stops there's still people shopping, but not like it used to be. It, the internet has taken a lot, a lot of shopping away from town centres. And how's that been for your business? Obviously very detrimental for me as well, because less and less people coming into town. And like I say, it helps when you've got butchers and bakers around you. With Marks and Spencers closing there, that was a big loss. At first, I thought it may be OK for me, because losing their fruit but it kept a lot of other people out of coming to town that used to purely come in for marks and things so all these things are having a knock-on and uh, it's how many knock-ons everything can take. And you've been here for such a long time does it make you concerned for the future? Yeah well I thought this would definitely see me out this job um, but it does make you wonder now because I'm struggling struggling to be honest with you since the Covid thing and that that was a big, big thing. People started having more and more deliveries online, supermarkets doing more and more deliveries online, and you know, people using Amazon and just not coming out as much. And if they do, like I said, it's uh, a lot of it's for a social experience rather than a shopping experience. But hopefully that'll turn around as more and more shops come back and time will tell. Well, we'd love to know what you think about this story today. You can leave a comment within the story at Kent Online or on our socials. Elsewhere, a company has been announced as the new operators of Gravesend Borough Market as bosses look to make it more of a destination. Beer and Feast already run at popular pubs in Rochester and Raynham, The Dead Pigeon and Greedy Banker. Now they're due to take over next month and will move their head office to the town. The council will stay as the owners of the site. And plans for a new Lidl on Sheppey have been given the go ahead. An application for a store at Cowstead Corner in Queenborough was delayed after supermarket rivals Tesco and Aldi launched an appeal. The issue was finally resolved at a meeting last night. It's expected to create up to 40 jobs. Kent Online reports. Some stories in brief now and a woman and a 10-year-old girl have been taken to a London hospital after being hit by a car in Chatham. Emergency crews were called to Horsted Way last night. Their injuries aren't thought to be life-threatening. The licence of a pub in Gillingham is set to come under review following complaints about antisocial behaviour and underage drinking. Police say they have no faith the current owner of the ship in in Court Lodge Road can make positive changes. He disagrees. Three police officers were assaulted at the venue last November. The government's coming under fire for failing to come up with safe and legal routes for asylum seekers as a way of stopping small boats crossing the channel. The Refugee Council has described plans to tackle the issue as woefully inadequate. It comes ahead of 
the Prime Minister's controversial Rwanda plan coming back to the Commons next week. Meantime, a former student block in Broadstairs could be turned into housing for unaccompanied asylum-seeking teenagers. The County Council has identified nine potential locations, including Northwood Court. It follows a ruling the County Council must try to increase its capacity to accommodate young refugees. Kent Online reports. Next today in the family of a little boy who died in a suspected hit-and-run near Folkestone are encouraging people to come and pay their respects at his funeral this weekend. Seven-year-old William Brown was knocked down while getting his football from the road in Sandgate last month. He's being buried at the church of St Mary and St Ainswith's after the King granted special permission to overturn a graveyard closure order from the 1800s. Well, Lucy's been speaking to William Brown's dad, who's also called William. He starts by paying tribute to his son. Will was loving and caring and he accepted everyone um that there's stories of him uh playing football and people being left out and he'd go and get them and he'd bring them in and it, it'd unite everyone um because he he had that warm heart and loved bringing people together will would never make a big issue or a big scene out of anything um he didn't he didn't uh, worry about the small uh, issues if someone had maybe offended him or if someone, you know, if someone had been unkind, he'd, he'd just forgive and forget and move on. Um, and that's something I really learned from my son, um, that he was basically too alive and too busy with positive stuff and, and getting on with the next thing in life to to ponder on old nonsense, really. He sounds like such a lovely boy. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the plans for his funeral on Saturday? Yeah, so um, William's going to be um, taken in a horse and cart. Um, he's going to be going through the town centre of Folkestone at around one thirty to one forty-five on Saturday the 13th. Um, so he'll go through Sandgate Road um, and then they go round by McDonald's and then down by the loading bay um, by a Spendos restaurant um, to the um, uh, to the church, um, St Innsworth Church. Um, and we're asking if people um, agree with Will's message of love, peace and unity and they want to get round, um, you know, get round the family and, and everyone to get round um, will and support and show a um, united front as a community. Um, we really feel that Will's, we're, we, we, as a family, we can't believe how much support we've had. Um, I, I think this event's touched a lot of people and it, you know, this tragedy could have happened to anyone. And I think that's why it's brought people together and shown Will's message because, you know, when one when one suffers in a community, we if we can all come together and show support, that is Will's message, and that's what he would have done. So I know he'd be looking down, and and he'd be proud if everyone can get round. And you know, you never know what the person next to you's gone through. Even if you're standing next to someone in that environment um, where the funeral is, you know, you never know what they're going through, and. It's just good to get around people, you know, like old traditional values, getting around and showing support. Um, 
that's what Will was all about. The funeral will start tomorrow at 2pm. Kent Online News. Sandy Toxvic has revealed she still receives death threats for being gay almost 30 years after coming out. The QI host who lives in Herne Bay has spoken out about malicious messages she gets on a regular basis. She's also told a Cambridge Union event how she needed police protection when she married her wife. Bosses in Swale are considering proposals for thousands of new homes submitted by the Duchy of Cornwall. The estate had up by Prince William, acquired farmland in Faversham about 20 years ago. If approved, it would be the largest ever housing development in the area. Vandals have smashed flower pots onto cars in Faversham. It happened over the weekend and comes after residents previously reported their homes and vehicles being splattered with eggs. Now, an animal charity has been fined £100 after an emu escaped from their site near Sittingbourne. You might remember we told you about Dougie, who was spotted wandering along Iwade Road in Bobby last week. Well, it managed to get out of the Happy Pants Ranch through a fence panel that blew down in strong winds. Elsewhere, the owner of a pub zoo in Medway has hit out at whoever stole a quad bike from his business. The £8,000 all-terrain vehicle was taken from the Fembell Inn in Who, which was broken into last week. Police have been investigating and you can see a picture of the quad at Kent Online. And a Thanet pet groomer has spent £10,000 of her own money to create a space where XL bully dogs can play off-lead and unmuzzled. Gail Robertson from Poor Season Spa says she was frustrated at the government's ban on the breed and has built a private field in Birchington. The Poor Seasons Doggy Daycare and Grooming Spa has always specialised in large breeds and as such felt we needed to do something for the ban on XL bully types that was coming into effect. We started saving to fence in a new section of daycare field and put in enrichment equipment, fresh water supply, as well as lighting and a human shelter before the announcement was even made. Once it was, we immediately booked the fencing in and started preparations to get it open as soon as possible to allow the band types somewhere safe to let their dogs off lead and off muzzle to have fun and be a dog. I mean, we did have plans to extend our doggy daycare fields at some point, but there was no requirement to at this stage. But we sped that up specifically for these poor dogs that through no fault of their own are now being made to suffer. Imagine what suddenly needing to be muzzled and on a lead at all times after being a good dog is doing for their well-being. We're offering the use of our field free of charge and by appointment only on set days to these owners. They shouldn't have to pay for freedom for basic dog needs to be met. Now it is going to be free to use as long as owners book in advance and tidy up after themselves. It follows an influx of interest in private fields as owners look for safe spaces to let their dogs play freely. Kent Online reports. A painting on the side of a building in Ashford has been shortlisted for an international award. The Bank Street Stag Mural is in the running to be named Best in the world by online platform Street Art Cities. It's the only one in the UK to be nominated. Jason Statham's latest action thriller that was partly filmed in Kent is out today. The Beekeeper had its premiere in London earlier this week. Production for the movie closed the Kingsfray Bridge between Sheppey and Sittingbourne back in October 2022. And now with an update on everything going on in Kent, here's What's On's Sam Laurie. Happy New Year! I know we're a couple of weeks in now, but it's the first What's On update of 2024 so I hope you all had a fantastic Christmas break and New Year. We're all still recovering from the chaos of Christmas, so there's not a whole lot going on this weekend, but we've got a few gems for you if you are looking for something to get up to over the next couple of days. The Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury is putting on some great shows this weekend. The regular comedy night, live at the Marlowe, returns on Saturday with a headline set from Henning Wen. 
Then on Sunday, the Philharmonia Orchestra will be playing a beautiful programme of music from the movies. The musical adaptation of Feel Good Film Calendar Girls is also showing at Bromley's Churchill Theatre until Saturday, so if you're looking for something to perk you up this month, that could be just the ticket. Speaking of banishing the winter blues, we have some great ideas for you if you need a pick-me-up this January. From getting some motivation for your New Year health kick by signing up to one of Kent's charity runs, to booking yourself a budget break for under £100, or making a reservation at some of the county's newest restaurants, we've got everything you need to know. Simply head to the What's On website. And finally, if you're thinking ahead and you want to make some plans to look forward to this year, we have got you covered with our handy 2024 calendar. From national holidays to annual events and local festivals, it's your essential guide to everything going on this year. To make things even easier for you, we've handpicked 10 top events, including Rochester's Sweeps Festival, Canterbury Pride and the Kent County Show that you really don't want to miss in 2024. You can find all of this online on What's On, so grab your diary and start making some notes. We can't wait to share even more fantastic live music, theatre and events with you throughout the year. So keep an eye on what's on and keep listening to the podcast to stay up to date. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham return to league action this weekend following their exit from the FA Cup. They're travelling to take on Accrington Stanley, who are just one place above the Jules in the table. They're looking to make it three wins in a row in league games and his assistant coach, Robbie Stockdale. Confidence is, is high because that's what winning does to you. So um, we, we know that it's a, a very difficult game that we've got to go to. Accrington is never easy. We've got very experienced staff, players that know their level really well. Went there last year with Ben Cadons and it was a it was a, a tough game. John Coleman and his staff will no doubt be um, well organised as, as they always are. But they played last night. You know, hopefully we can take advantage of that having a, a free week going into it. Um, but as always, we f- we focus on ourselves. We focus on how we can hurt the opposition and try and nullify their threats as well. So um, we need to be at the levels that we can get to to have any chance in any game. They've always got the same principles of hard work, a little bit in your face, but they have evolved and, and that's the modern game and it'd be wrong to say that they haven't. They've got some good footballers in the team, so um, we'll be prepared, as, as they will be. And um, you know we're, we're relatively equal in the league at the minute, so we need to make sure that we, we try and get all three points and, and go above them. But the game against Sheffield United won't look like the majority of games in the league too. It just won't. So... I don't think they were too disheartened. I think they were disheartened that we didn't run them closer. You know, if we did take one of those chances, and I genuinely think there was three big chances that we we didn't quite get. And um, you know, if one of those goes in at the time of the game, it might put a different spin on the game. But it didn't. Um, we conceded some really poor calls, and you can't do that, unfortunately, at, at any level. But certainly against a, a good team like that. Striker Ollie Hawkins says it will be tough, but hopes his previous success up north will help. Always a tough place. Always seems cold. Always seems windy, wet, raining. Um, real tough place to go. I think I scored the last time I went there, so hopefully that'll be a good omen. Um, but yeah, we know it's going to be a tough game, and they're doing okay in the league. And it, it's just going to be as tough as Saturday just gone, so we just got to prepare ourselves right and be ready. Vital time for the season as well for whole squad as well, players and maybe transfers in as well. So um, if we can just keep getting them wins on the board and, like you say, get our third win in the last three games, um, I put us in a really good position to really, to really kick on. We've scored a few goals and we're not scoring loads like other teams, but for me, I've, the last three games I've sort of played and started this season, I've had two or three chances myself each. Um, as long as you're getting them chances, then you know goals are going to come. It, it, I think it'd be more worrying if we weren't getting chances. 
it's, it's, a better, it's a good sign when strikers are missing chances than actually getting no chance at all. So maybe, maybe it'll start coming for us. Um, it's, it's really hard to put your finger on it, but I know that our, I'm sure everyone else would take one nil wins for the whole season and get promoted and score winning 5-4 or losing 6-3 and stuff like that. So um, it's must, it might, must be frustrating for fans and people to see that we're not scoring loads of goals, but... We are getting the chances and they will come. Kick-off tomorrow's at three. We'll have details of the result in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday and in Monday's edition of the podcast. And Maidstone United's fourth round game in the FA Cup is going to be shown on TV. They'll travel to take on championship side Ipswich Town on January the 27th. Both sides will get £110,000 and Stones will also get a share of the gate receipts. Kick-off for that one will be at 1230 Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, don't forget to check out the latest review from our secret drinker. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.